0: Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers.
1: Frontline to Farm was developed by Appalachian State University and combines training modules and on-farm trainings to help military veterans transition to farming. Today on the Farm Answers podcast, we talk with Dr. Ann Fanatico and Dr. Lynn Gibbard to learn more about this project.
2: Well, we started in 2020. We were actually funded at the beginning of the pandemic. So, it was a interesting timing and I think the tools that we learned at the beginning uh Lynn Dr. Gibbard has given us a strong focus on strategic communication and that just helped so much during the pandemic. But we definitely see a need for beginning farmer training because we have so few farmers left in the U.S. And we see a need to support our military veterans at the same time because as many transition to civilian life, they're looking for opportunities that can connect them back to communities. And they just have incredible leadership skills and other many other skills that are very useful in farming.
0: I think one of the interesting things about us starting during the pandemic, too, was that the pandemic really demonstrated pretty painfully in some places what a breakdown in our food system would look like and how reliance on local farming is so important to food security and the health and welfare of our nation, honestly. And I'm a veteran and I can tell you that there are very few groups that I would rather put our nation's health and security in their hands than veterans.
1: Through this program, you've created several training modules. What topics do they cover and how are these modules helping veterans?
2: Well, we started with a focus on online modules, and we're still adding them. You know, this particular project is, you know, with USDA BFRDP, it's uh, we call it going whole hog because it, it's a project that does focus on livestock, agroforestry. You know, just the technical focus on on animals, on livestock. So we've started out, though, by adding some larger modules like land access, because there's a lot of barriers to people getting into farming. We also tie in with modules from some of our long-term partners, actually, in in Arkansas. So I think that veterans and people, of course, in general, just learn in different ways. So sometimes people can do some learning, you know, some preparations before they come to a on-site training, and they can use the modules for that purpose. So, it really helps integrate different learning styles.
0: I think I've heard um, some of our farmer veterans talk about the idea that those modules, as Ann said, when they're looking at them by themselves, are meant to be standalone. They're not interactive, but they do help especially beginning farmers, people who are making that transition and maybe don't have any history on a family farm or I grew up on a subsistence farm. And and so uh, they don't have that background and those modules are a great way for them to kind of know what they don't know. So when they come to a training, they're a little bit more prepared to ask questions that they wouldn't even have known to ask before.
1: Now, you also provide opportunities for veterans to tour the university farm. What does that look like and how are those tours helping?
2: That's part of our training that's really In person and on site. You know, we're just so excited to be able to offer some pretty intensive training opportunities. And I love the in person part. Our sites, you know, uh, we happen to be in a farming community, a rural area in Western North Carolina in the mountains. And we do have a university farm that's very diversified. So that's an advantage. I think the veterans enjoy seeing horticulture. We have some pretty incredible greenhouses at the farm, but they enjoy seeing how that fits into, you know, pasture and uh, agronomy and fruit trees and mushrooms. So they get to see all that. But we also show what it looks like biointensive because not everybody has access to land so we, on campus, we have uh, basically an urban farm, community garden. And so we can really show some hydroponics. We show alternative use of energy. One of our hydroponics is powered by by solar energy. And then some of the other sites that we really love to take um, veterans, beginning farmers to are local farmers in the community. And that's where, I mean, we all just learn so much visiting the local farmers.
0: And we're lucky that some of our local farmers are farmer veterans, so they really serve as exemplars of what can be done in making that transition. And that's, you know, at the heart of Frontline to Farm as a program that grew out of our BFRPD funding is the idea that Farming, working with the land, whether it's, you know, uh, working with crops or working with, um, pigs or anything else that that can help with that transition. There's really good solid longitudinal research that demonstrates the psychological and physiological and all kinds of benefits for people getting back to the land you know we i was talking to one of our farm uh, frontline to farm training alums the other day and they were talking about how when they got out of the military that they were really wanting to isolate. And that's why farming really appealed to them. But what they realized was that that isolation was not good for them. And so the community that's created around farming and farmer veterans, specifically with our training, is something that can help them to, you know, kind of heal, to transition, transition. And not everybody has the need to heal. Perhaps, you know, not everyone is a combat vet. Not everyone has PTSD or other issues, but... That camaraderie, I, I was in the military in the eighties and I still feel that when I get around other veterans and they do too, they're disclosive with each other in a way that they may not be with other groups. And so, you know, that's a wonderful opportunity that our training offers.
1: In the first two years of your grant, you hosted the first arm to farm training in North Carolina. What did this training look like?
0: We invited Arm to Farm, which is the National Center for Appropriate Technologies training program in our first year to kind of learn from them, honestly, and figure out, you know, what we wanted to do moving forward. It was a great learning opportunity, not just for the, vet, the farmer veterans who came, but for us as well. And I thought they did an amazing job and we learned a lot from them. Our second, our follow up training to that this past year, we did on our own, and we certainly used a lot of those lessons that we took away from Arm to Farm
1: and NCAT. Another piece of your program is an internship program. What does this program look like and who can be involved in it?
2: The internships are on local farms here in, in North Carolina. And we've got the names of the, the farmers listed on our website. So I hope people will visit the Frontline to Farm at appstate.edu or dot .appstate.edu. And there's a local farmer. He's a, a veteran here, Corey Brick. And people can set up internships to to go work with him, it's really just an incredible way to learn when you can you know, have a customized internship that suits you, what you want to learn, and then develop that type of relationship. You know, we've realized, you know, learning and relationships is, is very powerful. And we actually um, developed this model along with some of our long-term partners in Arkansas. So there's also opportunity to work with Ryan Pace in, in Arkansas. That's on our website. Ryan does a lot with, with grazing and with agroforestry. So people don't have to be veterans, you know. Um, it, I mean, certainly beginning farmers is the, the target, but it is very powerful when some of the veterans learn that way from experienced mentors farmer veterans. So, these customized internships are mainly in Arkansas and Western North Carolina.
1: A key to success for many farmers is networking and continuing education. Frontline to Farm is providing scholarships for veterans. What are the requirements for these scholarships and how can veterans in your area take advantage of them?
2: The scholarships are to many of the uh, long-term sustainable agriculture conferences that take place. There used to be a really one that covered the entire South, which was the Southern Sustainable Ag Working Group. But at the time of the pandemic, that's was their last they did it for thirty years, and then they they closed down. But there are incredible regional meetings, like Carolina Farm Stewardship is getting ready, you know, to um, meet in November here in North Carolina. That's usually one thousand to two thousand people. Organic Grower School is another one in North Carolina. But there's also Carolina Meat Conference. There's just some some great conferences all over the South. There's grazing conferences. And there is, of course, the um, Agroforestry Academy that takes place at the University of Missouri. That's a, a really incredible conference for our meeting for agroforestry. This is an opportunity, these conferences, and generally it's advertised through our partner, the National Center for Appropriate Technology. And that's how they take the applications. And they have a method of choosing people that are, you know, actively involved in farming, and a focus—they um, do focus on veterans, but people can sign up by going to to their website. And the winter time is a major time for these um, conferences, but it's not just learning the information, like you say; it's the networking that's so powerful you know, we just think it's incredible. Most of these conferences have sessions that are just for veterans and they have the opportunity to meet veterans from, you know, their regional areas and work together.
0: And on top of the scholarships to those conferences, we the program also supports things like Blue Ridge Women in Agriculture that does some trainings and NCA&T and is going to be doing a farm day that we'll be supporting. And so it's not just the kind of conferences, it's also a little bit less uh, um, regimented, I guess, opportunities for that networking and for community building, which is at the heart of Frontline Farm. Um, it's interesting because many years ago, I was at the University of Vermont and I did some research with broadband. Broad I can't say that broadband uh, proliferation in rural places, and how it was impacting farmers. And what we saw was that the reliance on online interactions was reducing interactions in person, like in the feed store, the general store, or farm visits. And that was one of the negative impacts of the proliferation of broadband internet and people buying online meant that they were not supporting economically their local community. And you know that became kind of a focus but for my research it was much more about identifying the fact that it was breaking down those cooperatives and those communities of uh, uh, local communities of farmers so it's really important that we make space to develop that community.
1: With Frontline to Farm helping so many veterans get familiar with agriculture, can you share a success story of a veteran that was able to start farming or advance their farming operation because of your organization? I think that we
0: have several people who have come to our trainings because they're not sure what they want to do or because they want to go in a direction that they're really unfamiliar with. And so we have had a couple of of alums who have talked about using some of the newer technology that they were introduced to. I just shared a message on our Facebook messenger with Anne the other day, where one of of our farmers, new farmers, is asking about technology that they saw on a farm to be able to adapt that to and utilize that in their own farm. We do have folks also who are farming, but it's more like homesteading, because they're doing that sort of subsistence farming. I think that right now, uh, longitudinally, we don't have, you know, someone who has said, I've never farmed before, and now I have a farm. And part of the reason for that, honestly, is land access. Um, we have people who want to make that leap, but it's really difficult for them to find a place to do that.
2: It's funny, too, because there's a lot of allied work that takes place, you know, like our students, for example. You know, just since we're a university, we have the opportunity to leverage some of our students are our staff with us and they just do an incredible job a grad student from sustainable technology started out working with us a few years ago sarah gummo she's um a veteran in the coast guard and she's actually working for usda now so it's just kind of funny she's she's not farming but just some of the the allied you know is can be powerful and you know i've been excited to see um Corey Brick is a local farmer here in North Carolina. He's a, a veteran, has a family farm, and he works with us more as a trainer. And our mentors, you know, they work as mentors, but um, really their expertise is such that they actually provide incredible consulting. So we've started working them with them, not just as mentors, but also as consultants.
1: What is one piece of advice you have for a veteran considering participating in your program?
0: Well, I would say as a veteran myself, I would say that, you know, we're all at different levels of how we want to identify, how closely we want to identify with being a veteran. And that this is a great way to see the intersection between the identity of veteran and the identity of farmer what they have in common, and to create community around either or both of those. You know, certainly we also work with beginning farmers who are not veterans. And so being able to have a little diversity in this group of people that we're working with, I think helps expose our veterans to farmers who are not veterans. And I think it's just more of the transition process that we're able to provide. And if I had any advice for farmer veterans beginning farmers, people who are veterans thinking about going into farming, it would be don't be daunted by it. You know, don't don't think that it's something that you can't do. I think moving from the structure of the military and moving from a job in the military that you know so well and that you're expert in and then trying to make the shift to something wholly new without any transitional Help, you know, the military offers some out processing, but it can be like drinking from a water hose. It's, you know, a lot that just don't be intimidated by it. Come and see if this is something that you. Think you might like to do, whether, you know, you don't have to be going into corporate level farming, huge farms. We certainly focus more on small, sustainable, local farms. But as Ann said, there's a lot of peripheral agricultural work that happens in support of farmers. And I think some of the people who think about going into farming maybe. They will not go into farming, but they might go into weed. We just met someone who does um, drone work with farmers. And that is an amazing kind of peripheral thing that, that that someone could do to be in agriculture, to be in that world of farming, but not to be out in the field, you know, um, pulling weeds. I say that because it's one of my least favorite things in the whole world. Hate to pull weeds. Luckily, I married someone who loves to pull weeds. But that would be my advice is just don't be intimidated. There's a lot of diversity in what you can do in agriculture.
2: I would say don't, don't farm alone. You know, you don't have to do this alone. Uh, we had a training last week and I was looking at a veteran's t-shirt on the back. It said, don't fight alone. And I thought, well, that applies to farming.
0: You know, don't farm alone.
1: That's fabulous,
0: Ann. That is
1: great. Do you have any advice for someone who is considering implementing a similar program and working with veterans in their state or region? I would say that,
2: you know, I mean, I come from more of the the technical focus. You know, my area is poultry science. It's um livestock. And I just had no idea how much The work I do, how much it needed strategic communication. You know, um, I was just talking to Lynn earlier. I feel like my approach tends to be, you know, kind of scattershot. In fact, I can't even fire, (laughs) you know, it's just an explosion, just scattershot, whatever sticks to the wall. But, Lynn, you know, as a a veteran, as actually strategic communicator, um, she really does have a a very strong strategic focus. And that's what's helped us during the pandemic too, I think. Um, You know, I just had no idea that that was so needed for this type of work. You know, I knew that uh, social media can build community, but it was just really neat to see this in action. So, I would say, you know, because a lot of people in farming you know our favorite part is is the technical part it's raising animals it's it's raising plants but the whole business and communication part is really important
0: And I think building community, you know, we have a lot of local farmers who have been gracious hosts for our trainees and interns for our trainees and uh, in some cases mentors. You know, we have veteran service organizations across the state, really, that have been helpful. So, One of my favorite things is just looking at the network of people that we have developed, that we have mutually beneficial relationships with, that we can call on when we need to know something. You know, I think suspending your ego. And understanding that you can't bring everything to the table. I've worked for decades with nonprofits, and you have people who start nonprofits that are very eager and very passionate. um, And sometimes they get a little bit too much ownership of it and build some ego around. You know, this is mine and being able to suspend that and really work well together. I think that's one of the things that Ann and I do is we're able to have difficult conversations with each other, understanding that neither one of us is the focus of what we do, that the focus of what we do is service to the veteran, farmer veteran community and the farming community and our community in general.
1: Is there anything else you would like people to know about your project? I think we have a great logo.
2: <laughs> you can't see our logo right now, <laughs> but um, that's something that Lynn worked with actually with students and um, uh, student media in developing. And I just, I enjoy having um it's a real, you know, it's a strong brand. I
0: think that, um, you know, just to keep an eye out, join us on our social media. We post a lot of really helpful stuff, everything from funding to practice, you know, a little bit of jokes here or there, uh, just to keep a little levity in it. So we're on Facebook and Instagram and uh, visit our website because that's always up to date. If you want more information on what we do, on who Ann is or who I am or who are student employees are then the website is a great place to go. Yeah, I think we're looking forward to the future of what frontline to farm is. We're going to be writing more grants, we're going to be looking for more um, community donations. There are great ways for people to get involved. And I think the final thing that I would like to say is that supporting local farms and local farmers is really critical right now and will continue to be. If we are to build back our farmer population in the United States, then supporting the farmers at a local level is really important and getting to know them.
2: Well, and for Veterans Day, um, thanking veterans. You know, I'm not a veteran myself, so I, I can thank veterans for what they've done for us. And I appreciate the service that veterans provide.
1: Well, thank you both for coming on the podcast and sharing your project with our listeners. No, thank you for having us. This
0: has been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Farm Answers podcast. This episode was hosted by Megan Engel. To learn more about this USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program project or other BFRDP projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture National Institute of Food and Agriculture and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota.